welcome to Asking Eve, the regular podcast brought to you by Emily and Lara, the mother-daughter duo behind Advancing Eve. Our podcast series will bring you a variety of conversations with girls and women who are just like us and you, making their way through life. We hope you enjoy. Hi guys and welcome back to another season of the Asking Eve podcast. Today I am joined for the first time in a while with my mum. Hello. And we are going to have a launch episode for season three and we thought we would talk about a very personal story to start off with before we introduce some of our very exciting and interesting guests that we have planned for the rest of the season. So we're going to talk about one of my mum's life stories today. And I feel like this should have some theme music or something. (laughs) Life stories. Sorry. Jesus, this is why I don't record any podcasts <laughs> with my mom. Um, so today we're going to be telling a story a little surrounding um, having a missing kind of family member and then the process of finding them, being reunited with them, and then what happens afterwards. Would you say that's pretty accurate? That's very accurate. It's our very own family version of um, Davina McCall's finding your family or whatever, whatever the show is called this episode is called finding nono <laughs> <laughs> and it will make complete sense when we get through get, the story yeah get a little bit further through um so mum where does your very own divina story begin or start okay so um in theory it should start when i was born but for me it started a whole lot later than that so um I think I would have been 16. So in 1992, um, I was sitting my standard grade exams. And um, at that time, and I think it's probably still the same now, but at that time, if you had an exam that started at, say, two o'clock, you didn't have to go into school until until uh, closer to the exam start. So I found myself at home on my own with my mum which was quite unusual because there were four siblings uh, in total in the house, uh, myself being the oldest, and my mum. And my two younger sisters were all, you know, they're much younger, as we've already covered, so they were quite often about bobbing about the house. But they were at a nursery, and my younger brother was actually at school, so we were in the house on our own. And I remember it was a really sunny May day and I was sitting she was in the kitchen and I was sitting at the back door to kind of just mind my own business I think it was maybe standard grade maths I was about to do um so anyway we were just you know I was minding my own business really and it's one of those things that um you don't know that you're about to hear something quite profound and you kind of wish that you'd been paying more attention to it but anyway the long and short of it was that my mum said something along the lines of uh, you know that guy that you know you've thought was your dad for the last sixteen years. Well, he's actually not your dad, uh, and your dad is actually um, a Sicilian guy that I met when I worked in a hotel in Switzerland in nineteen seventy-five. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting exam, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I say, I, I really went, went well. Anyway, never mind with that news just before it. I know, I know, I, I can actually remember sitting in Errolson High School's gym hall at my desk, just looking up and going, huh? <laughs> what? Uh, right, so, okay. Uh. So, um, 
I suppose this is the story of me subsequently looking to find my dad. Nono. Nono. Hence the finding Nono. So Nono is the uh, Italian word for granddad, which uh, again will come into why it's Nono and not finding dad uh, later on. But um, yeah, I, I want to say up front, I think it's really, really important to, to stress this, that um, there are obviously three main characters in this story, myself, my mum and my dad, and each of us will have our very own and very personal um, story to tell and our own feelings and our own recollections and, and, and everything. And I cannot speak for them and I can only tell the story from my point of view, yeah. completely accepting that there are complexities around their relationship that I don't have any understanding of um, and aren't really any of my business really mm -hmm. um so I, I really wanted to stress that up front this is not meant to be um in any way derogatory or judgmental of Towards either anyone, of them yeah this is just the story of me finding my dad yeah so yeah that's that's the starting of it I think so when you first found out you know the man that you thought was your dad up until 16 but then suddenly wasn't how did that news first impact you what first went through your head other than just eh <laughs> I'm so eloquent aren't I um well the first thing I did when I came back home after my exam was I phoned my nana mm -hmm. so uh, my nana uh, lived in Edinburgh and was obviously married to my papa who I loved I loved them both, but you know, my papa was the main dude. Uh, who, you know, he pretty much was like a, a really father solid father figure for me anyway, because my my mum and the man I thought was my dad had divorced when I was three yeah. or four anyway. Um, so he was never really present in my life. Um, uh, so the first thing I did was I phoned my nana and I went, again, I wish I could remember exactly what I said, so I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I said something along the lines of, oh my god nana so and so i obviously don't want to name names of the person who I thought was my dad mm -hmm. so so and so's not my dad it's actually some guy from sicily <laughs> <laughs> at which point she just laughed and said oh my goodness i am so glad you finally know yeah um because obviously as it transpired so many people knew yeah, and i didn't you. yeah um so I think, if I'm being honest, I was just dead excited that in actual fact, something was different and it was a bit novel and, I w you know, it wasn't the same old breakup story. There was a wee bit more to it. And I think I quite liked that. You yeah. know, um, I, always, I had always known my mum had worked abroad and my cousin, who's three months older than me we used to spend quite a lot of time together when I was grown up so we used to it's so funny thinking back but we, I used to say things like oh mum you know when my mum worked abroad imagine if my dad was actually a French ski instructor mm. I mean I love the Italians and the Sicilians and all but I really always just want to be French so I was always like you know maybe you could be French yeah, yeah I was like French ski instructor and then I'd make her pretend that we we were speaking French when we went out to play you know just <laughs> God Almighty. Anyway, oh. um, so we I used to say these sort of things like, imagine if my dad yeah. wasn't a blah blah blah, and it was just some you know so foreign you guy. Romanticized it from before it even was a thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, romanticized it. So um, 
I found out, I was like, super excited, I spoke to my nana, and then the questions came. So yeah. obviously you have a, a whole load of questions. And um, my nana was always really open and told me everything that she knew mm. because uh, what had uh, happened actually was my dad came over to Scotland in the summer of 76 after I was born in the April and he and my mum had gone down to Torquay to work the summer season in a hotel uh, down in Torquay and my nan and papa had looked after me um, so he had been in Scotland so she knew him um, you know he'd, he'd been in Jedburgh which again I just think must That's have been the most random thing like yeah. this is 1976 can you imagine Jedburgh some oh, no. Sicilian guy just rocks up uh, I I think there's a funny story about him asking somebody if he could buy a lasagna dish. And they were like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine, because oh, you obviously can, know, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Can you imagine, oh, a lasagna dish? So she was great. My papa was really quiet about it, which I can understand. And my mum, she obviously knew more. But it was a fair 16 years had passed, a fair amount of time. And... It was, but it, it was still really raw. Um, and what little inf- she she told me what she knew, which actually wasn't really masses. Yeah. So then that left for me, um, I suppose, a massive void. You get told this m- huge piece of information, and I don't actually think people appreciate it unless you've been in that situation yourself. But to not know who one of your parents are. Yeah. It's huge. Like, it's a whole 50% of you, you know, like, who you are. Because you ma- can't imagine caring about it because you know them. Like, I can't imagine caring about knowing, but I do know mine, so it's kind of... Uh, it's difficult to, kind of to, to put yourself in that situation, yeah. Um, and you do, you ask yourself so many questions and you try and fill in gaps. Um, and I think probably what I then did was I conjured up a notion of him based around what I knew. Um, so I knew that he was Sicilian. Uh, Gran, my mum had said that he was really ambitious and had wanted to be a concierge in the you know top five star hotel in Europe. Uh, I was saying to you before, uh, which you know I did be, or I did get confused with conciliary, which is something completely different yeah. when you come from Sicily. <laughs> Or if you watch The Godfather, at least, which obviously I did religiously for every year for the, <laughs> the, the uh, subsequent 16 years. Um, yes, yeah, so I had just thought, oh, I bet he's like super ambitious and like really successful. And actually, that's why he didn't have time or he couldn't accommodate me in his life because, you know, he was really young, can I just say as well. In fact, yeah. they were both really young, but he was a year younger than my mum. So he was only 20 when I was born. And um, that it. Yeah, that mm. is young. Cause that's my age. I yeah. Yeah. That yeah. So you're it about to be twenty. This. Perspective a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Do you want? You know. And um, from what I can understand, it wasn't a situation whereby they both sat down together and said, "Do you want to have a baby?" No. It, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so I. You know, there was obviously there was that. Um, yeah, so I definitely created this uh, impression in my head of what he would be like. Um, and he, you know, it never really left my mind for any length of time. And it would pop into my mind at the most random times. So 
again we were saying I was I remember as clear as day being at Tweed Bank Sports Centre um, on the running track lying down it must have been winter because it was dark and I was looking up at the stars and I just thought oh I wonder if my dad ever looks up at the stars and thinks oh I wonder what Emily's doing because yeah. I was like literally lying there going oh I wonder what my dad's doing but I did say before didn't I total <laughs> side note what was <laughs> I doing at Tweed Bank running track <laughs> I mean, come on, I am not a runner, I'm not athletic, in the least bit sporty, I have no idea why I was there. Anyway, it was a nice uh, evening looking up at the stars. stars. <laughs> I don't think you weren't running, you were looking at the no. stars. So. Being all romantic about my long lost daddy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, um, it did have a massive impact and it, and it continued to have a massive impact on me. Um, and again, if I'm being honest... Um, it was quite an adverse impact, I think, because no thinking you knew who your dad was and being able to be to express some sort of emotion um, towards a person you know, positive or negative, for the situation that you found yourself in, is an outcome. But not knowing, like I couldn't event, I couldn't ask questions, I couldn't deal with anything because I just had no clue. And yeah. you know, remember this is like nineteen ninety one, ninety two. The world was a massive place then, you know, the Very internet didn't really, yeah. in fact, the internet accessible to um, normal people, like not within a Business. military environment, didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I phoned the hotel that they worked at um, the, the same summer that I found out and I asked if there were any members of staff who were still there, who had been there in the 70s. And they actually went and tried to look back in old records for me for because you. at that time in Switzerland you had to sign to be to enter a city, uh, so there would have been records and you know it was really very nice of them to look, but they they couldn't find anything. So did you start to look for your dad? I so, yeah, so I, I did that, that that at that point, but then officially. That's what I did when I first found out. Um, and obviously I was with your dad at this time uh, and he was was great and was great with me the whole way through and had, had all always been very, very supportive of me looking. I think he kind of knew that it was something that I needed to do. Well, I mean, he was with you when you first found out at 16, was, so he was yes. never, you know, he knew the first feeling you would know. Yeah, yeah, because actually your dad um, is the, the second person that I told after I phoned my nana to mm. say, you know. Yeah. Um, well, only because I was what I seemed like really mega cool to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're Jamie McGowan, but oh, I've got a Sicilian dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's from Edinburgh, mine's from Palermo. <laughs> I trump you. <laughs> um, no, so he he did, and also, you know, like I didn't have on my birth certificate where your dad's name is. Yeah. I just had a blank. And I hated that with an absolute passion. Mm. I really hated it. And I always did, you know. Um, and I hadn't really seen my birth certificate until then, so I didn't uh, really know. You noticed, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking for him. So I phoned the hotel. Uh, and in, you know, early 90s, I was like, oh, well, that's that. I'm never going to be able to find him because they, they were abroad. The last known place that, that uh, my mum had spoken to him about was in Munich in Germany in about 1980 or 81. So still a considerable amount of time had passed um, and I didn't have a clue how to even start. So I left it uh, and again it just it never really went away and then I remember when I was at uni, I was up in Edinburgh 
and um, the bus that I used to get to go to uni passed a Salvation Army building mm-hmm. and I must have been sitting on the bus one day and I noticed a family tracing service poster in the window. Okay. Um, so I contacted the Salvation Army and but I think they said to me because he wasn't a UK citizen they, they couldn't, couldn't help. Yeah. Um so again that that made that meant that was left. Um and then I graduated uni and started work and by this time the internet was um really coming into its own and um I a girl that I worked with who was from the States, who was uh, a, what you'd call a web developer. She, 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 I don't know if that was her job title, but she knew a lot about the web. She was like, oh, you know, the, the white pages is online and you could search. It's worldwide. Yeah. So we're like, oh, let's, you know, I, I didn't actually really, do you know, in all honesty, Lara, I don't think I ever thought I would actually find them. No, of course. So I was always like, yeah, yeah, let's have a look. Yeah, yeah. Put his name in the search engine thingy. Um, it was probably like Ask Jeeves or something at the time. Uh, and uh, so uh, the name came up. Um, similar age, actually. I think probably the year, because I, I didn't know, I don't think I knew the year he was born or that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I knew some rough. rough, but not exact, yeah. Um, so we found this gentleman from Palermo who now lived in Chicago, who had the same name and um, the. Uh, the, a rough uh, similarity in age, but he was a doctor. Yeah. And I was like, mm, don't think so. I don't know if you can go it's from being a concierge to being a, an MD in yeah. Chicago, can you? Uh, so I printed it out and I didn't do anything with it. Just left it. I just left. I still have that piece of paper with that print out in our loft. Do you? Yeah. How bizarre. So, so that, weird, yeah. yeah. So that was what, 90. Eight or ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it would have been a good eight years, eight or nine years from printing out that piece of paper that, that I actually found my dad. Oh my gosh, I'm just giving away the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've spoiled it already. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't follow up. But crazy old world that it is, uh, he's actually my dad's cousin. Yeah. Um, you actually have met that whole side of that family as well, haven't you? Yeah. You've met the family from that are in Chicago too yeah they actually came over to London um the year that we all got introduced and um with the um purpose of us me and your dad going down to London and and meeting them they're so lovely they're honestly they're just such lovely people Mm -hmm. um but I was like I cannot believe and then you feel annoyed at yourself because you could waste the time like why did I not reach out yeah because he would have absolutely if I had said in the in the letter anything about working in Switzerland in the 70s he would have known because obviously Sicilian so they're they're I mean, this is the blue and irony of it all. Eh? Close, close family, family. yeah. yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from the ones that you know are half Scottish and you definitely want. <laughs> Everyone else is close. Everyone else yeah. is close. I've, in fact, I'm a wee bit too close sometimes. Like they all really want to know all of your business, which touchy yeah. feely, uh, too huggy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> eat something. Eat something. I'm really full. No, eat something more. <laughs> um. So eight years later. Oh seven yes, years later. yes. So yeah, that uh, didn't do anything with that. And then 
got married and your grand husband Grumps who absolutely adore uh, walked me down the aisle and you know what I would not have wanted it any other way yeah um we often have a laugh and say that I could actually be his daughter you were so we're so alike we're, oh. we're mean <laughs> very similar mean with money oh no Grumps isn't mean at all that sounded wrong not mean with money he's very frugal anyway um so he walked me down the aisle and you know on my wedding day I would have had a wee oh you know this this is a shame but whatever and then um you came along and then your brother came along um and it just that feeling that need to know who I was and who you guys really were just grew and grew and grew. So would you say that it impacted your family life not knowing who your own dad was? Um, as in, as as a unit? Yeah, just your family life. Uh, I wouldn't say that it... Um, but did you want to do anything so strongly because you hadn't had that? Like, did you really want my dad to be present or oh god yeah I mean but your dad's a completely different guy no I know so um that was not just down to me um no I think what what did happen is um I don't think that there was any real impact on any of us as a family before we found uh Nono um I think the impact came after. came after. So how did you finally meet him then? And then we'll go back to the first meeting and then somebody. Yeah, so uh, it was 2006 and uh, the World Cup was on in Germany, I think it was. And I we put an Italian flag up in our garden in Darnick because we thought it was funny. <laughs> There's an Italian family living along the road and they cycled by one night and I think they nearly fell off their bikes. I'm like, oh, why have they got an Italian flag in their garden? Because <laughs> I'm half Sicilian. Um, I, I was just like, nah, I've had enough. I'm going to do something about this. It, you know, it's 2006. How can you not find somebody yeah. in 2006? So... Um, I just said about it and I just spoke to your dad I said look I need to do this I'm gonna have to do whatever it takes and he was again so supportive and he's like yeah crack on let's just see where we get to so I bought a book called uh, Finding Dad which I just think it's so sad that there has to be a book called Finding, Finding dad, dad in the first place yeah I know um uh, alongside such titles as Finding Yourself equally as sad um but anyway uh so <laughs> Finding Dad I contacted the author uh, I even bought books on Scots Italians um, because it's a, it's a big thing. Yeah. Who knew? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I even contacted the author of that book, and I was like, you know, how do you go about finding people? And, and both got back in touch. Uh, the lady who wrote Finding Dad was obviously the most helpful because it was specifically about finding absent dad, parents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas the other one was just more about um, lineage and you know, Where yeah, ancestry yeah. And, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the long short of that conversation was I had to hire three private investigators to help me piece everything together so we had an English-based investigator German company because that's where we last knew that he was and an Italian company mm. um I was I think the was it the German or the Italians? I can't even remember. Anyway, one of them called it Project Simba, which <laughs> after the, the <laughs> Lion King thing, that I thought was quite funny. Uh, but anyway, it was the, the piecing together. So they, none of them really nailed it. 
alone. It was the piecing together of all of the, the, the collective information that they got. Um, so in 2007, so we started in summer 2006, yeah. took us until early or sort of springtime 2007 to actually find him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still remember getting the email. Oh my God, I felt so sick. We think we found your father. The father. Um, this is what we know about him. This is why we think it's him. And I was reading this email about you know this information about this guy, who was my dad. You know, and did so the first when you read about from the guy in Chicago, you just kind of had a feeling it wasn't. When you were reading this information, did you think that yeah, this is him? Yes, there there were too too many um, um, yeah, things yeah, that made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, it was a completely different. Um, I didn't have any doubt whatsoever. I think what I then doubted was, oh my God, what the hell do I do with this information now? Do I even want to meet him? Yeah, because I, honestly, I, I still at that point hadn't really thought, I'm going to find him. <laughs> but then I had, you know, and then you're left with this responsibility. Like, what do you do? What did I want to do? What do you do? Um, so again, I went back to finding dad. Uh, excellent book, need to review that. Uh, and it said something along the lines of uh, write a letter, um, but don't, you know, oh my God, you're my long lost dad. Yeah. Um, uh, very uh, general, very impersonal. You knew my mother. Dear Mr. So and so, my name is uh, Emily. Uh, I understand that you worked with my mum in the 70s in Switzerland, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just reaching out uh, to find out. We're, we're just trying to get in touch with people. Um, so I wrote the letter and sent it mm-hmm. to the address on the information sheet that uh, the private investigators had sent and waited and waited and waited. And then one day the letter came back unopened with something written on it in Italian which uh, obviously I didn't know any, any Italian at the time, so I'm going to say it said return to sender. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because, I, you know, I want to start singing it then. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I'm annoyed about this. So I phoned your dad and said, so he was working in his shop at the time, and I was like, the letters come back. I was like, I really can't cope with this anymore. Go and do me a favour. Could you just phone the house? And he was like, do you think we should? I was like, ah. Oh, do you know what, what to lose? Yeah. So he said, okay. So this was the 3rd of April, 2007. Just before your birthday. The day before my 31st birthday. And um, he shut the shop at five. And by the back of six, he still wasn't home. And I couldn't get hold of him on the phone because it was engaged. So I was like, what on earth is going on? And then finally he phoned the house. No, no, phoned our No, no, no. Your dad phoned our oh, house okay. from the shop. So he couldn't even wait to come home this, the four miles to tell me what had happened. And, oh, God, he's going to kill me for this. But he was actually crying. Oh, was he? Oh. <laughs> it was like, oh, um, I'm, I've just spent the last hour talking to your dad. And I was like, really? He was like, ah. Oh. He was like, he said it was just the most bizarre conversation. He said, but he... he, he he just wants to know everything about you. He was just yeah. asking me so I knew I would cry. Oh, no. Newsflash. Lara's crying. <laughs> You're only crying because I said your dad was crying. <laughs> um, but no, he like he, he said that... Um, so his wife had answered 
your nono's wife had answered the phone um and um when uh your dad spoke in english she um she's french but she speaks italian when she's obviously yeah. she's there but as soon as she um heard the english uh hello can i speak to vincent <laughs> bartholomew please <laughs> Whatever your whatever your dad called him at that point in time, um, she just said, "Hold on a second, because uh, she speaks English." And she went and got my dad, and uh, he came on the phone. And then as soon as uh, your dad said, um, "My wife is Emily," um, Nono just straight away knew who who, who we were. About. Yeah, and so they talked for a long time. I think Nono probably just completely got excited about what he was saying and he, and he was asking questions about me about about him about you and Brody because obviously he was like do you have children or, you know where where are you and what does she do and where do you live and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so then uh, dad dad ended the call with an agreement that he would phone our house the next again morning um and he had he had me realize it was my birthday uh, my dad I don't think he actually knew what date I was born, born yeah. um so uh that night oh my goodness it was just I just didn't know you know what to say or, yeah. or what to, I couldn't think I couldn't sleep it was just awful so then the next again morning I got up and um the phone rang at I think it was eight o'clock UK time so seven o'clock Sicilian time and uh, I said hello and Nona went hello Emily um happy birthday and I was like oh thanks <laughs> so you did yeah because dad had said ah. oh it's her birthday tomorrow so it'd be great if you could phone her because so still we on your 31st second 31st you got your first happy birthday from from my dad, dad. yeah yeah and I think it's quite nice that the first time that we spoke to each other was on my birthday eh? yeah yeah makes it easier to remember uh for me anyway um but I, you know, I still didn't know like whether he would call or what would happen. So I was still really nervous about yeah. it all. Um, but he was like, "Yeah." And then the next thing he said was, "Oh my goodness, you sound so like your mum." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> what crazy in Scottish? Yeah. <laughs> Only joking, mum. Um, and then um, he just started asking questions like how tall are you in centimeters and really <laughs> i was like i don't know five foot two <laughs> five foot two of course he would ask something like that um what color is your hair what color are your eyes um are you big or are you small and you know uh, what about your children and what color of hair do they have and what color eyes do they have and um you know wh- what did you do at school and mm. um so uh, we had kind of ended that call and agreed. Do you think that the fact that he asked so many questions was indicative of the fact that he had thought about it or ever wondered? Like, you know, you thought, I wonder if my dad's ever thinking about me. Do you think the fact that he asked so much is because he had been curious yeah. about these things up uh, until that point? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he, he said uh, after we met that obviously, he, you know, he knew me. He was in Scotland when I was a baby and spent yeah. time with me. So... Um, you can't just erase that, can no, you? Although it's weird to go, but um, yeah. So yeah, he did ask a lot of questions, and then we just you know start chatting 
and texting and stuff and then that's when the impact started to kind of manifest yeah. itself it was really 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 difficult and I think that that's maybe something that's not picked up on these shows it almost it's what happens after you find the person it's so hard so so hard and it's hard for everybody so Mum, my mum really struggled and rightly so. My papa struggled and oh god, I could cry at that, you know, because he'd be my dad and then all of a sudden I had this dad. Oh my god, and I dyed my hair black. What on earth? I oh, remember. Lara, do you remember when I came and picked you yeah. up and you wouldn't come home with me? You were like a completely different person. <laughs> you, under the you were you were waving at me across the playground oh. and I was like, this stranger is waving at me. <laughs> you were crying. Me out. You were like, I'm not coming home. Yeah. Um why did I dye my hair black though? Who thought that was a good idea? Not because I thought I wanted to look Sicilian or anything, but I don't maybe I did subconsciously, I don't know. Um, yeah, so my papa papa was like, you've painted your hair. <laughs> <laughs> did he say that? Yeah, I was like, do you want me to paint it back? He was like, yep. <laughs> oh, he actually said painted. Oh, that's I know, so cute. I know. Oh, I just love my papa. I just love him. I love him. Miss, miss him. Anyway, um, crying again oh sorry <laughs> I was so bored <laughs> uh, so um, yeah so that is hard really really hard and it's it's it, I suppose it remains quite challenging yeah but what actually happened when you first met like you spoke oh, about yeah, on the yeah. phone so we spoke on the phone yeah it was really intense it was every day like all day and then, um, so that was the April, and we were we agreed that we would go down as a family uh, for a holiday for two weeks in the July. And then I, I started to speak to the rest of the family to get introduced. And my cousin Steffi and I spoke in May, and we established that we both had daughters called Lara Mary, yeah, who were born weird. six months apart, which is one of my fun facts. Is yeah. I've got a cousin with the exact same everything name middle name but neither family knew the other existed yeah, at all yeah and you're like you're blonde and blue eyes and she's obviously dark hair with a uh, dark, dark skin yeah dark, dark eyes. eyes so it's really uh it's quite quirky Polar opposite, yeah. it's cool yeah and um, they're both actually funnily enough have went to study the same thing at uni though really yeah she's doing marketing at rome really mm-hmm. like businessy marketing advertising yeah very cool similar weird that it's the same because we've not been around each other enough to have such a strong no no not at all impact on each other's no, choices not at all uh, but yeah she's ah, doing there that. we go yeah marketing's the way to go people <laughs> uh so um yeah so Steffi was like so it was bank holiday and Steffi was like because she's she's quite an influential character she's like come down just get on a plane and I was like yeah let's so your dad and I sorted out babysitters and again thank you very much to Gran because she was like yeah I'll babysit your children while you go away and find, find your, your dad who dad. abandoned me and you and you know whatever um uh so we we flew over to Rome had to get a little uh, taxi ride between the two airports in Rome because we were getting an obviously an internal domestic flight from Rome down to Palermo and it oh my god I actually my stomach still churns now when I think about that flight and thinking about um sitting on that plane it was a wee putt-putt plane so we were all really quite close and it was just full of Sicilians and they're loud and they're gregarious and you know they're just 
so not Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, and this air stewardess on this Al Italia flight. And I was, I just wanted to say to her, but obviously I couldn't speak a word of Italian. I'm going to meet my dad for the first time, you know. You're taking me to meet my dad. Um, and your dad was like, this is weird. Yeah, I was like, I know. Yeah, yeah. And then we came round the, the corner, you know, coming banking into the, the airport, on uh, Palermo Airport. And we just saw the lights of Palermo, you know, around that kind of bay. And uh, we were both like, we just looked out the window and then looked at each other. Because, you know, he had been through every step of this with me for 16 years. years. Uh, And we're like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen, you know. Um, Gets off the flight, get hit by the heat. And you're like, oh yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore, Jamie. (laughs) She's meant to say that. And then um, Steffi was there with her Irish partner, Lara's dad, and uh, uh, and, you know, great hugs and everything. And then we went up to Nono's house, uh, walked into the house, and then I thought, can I swear a little bit? Yeah, I've swore before. I was like, holy shit, what am I doing here? (laughs) I want to go home. It was... the house, and it's just probably Italian versus Scottish, but the house could not be any less you. Yeah. Like, the entire, the entire place is very, it isn't your character, personality, no. feel in the slightest. So no, and when it's your parents' house, you almost want to feel, feel at home. At home, yeah, yeah. There's nothing Nothing there. at all. Even Sicily in itself I didn't know, have any... No, I mean, it's lovely, like, really lovely. Yeah. But God, the mosquitoes attack <laughs> me. Like, you know, that's another story, but, uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, um, so we get, we walk in and they all sort of shove me excitedly and not in an aggressive way, but, oh my God, Emily, but obviously in Italian, um, shove me into this room where my dad is there, all smart dressed with a shirt on and everything. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Emily. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and she has nothing to say for the first time ever. <laughs> Swear to God, 40 minutes of utter silence we sat down he put his arms around me and oh, i oh if this was video if this was a vlog and not a podcast you could see my body language i was just like this like a shell this does not work on podcast but i was like oh my god i don't want to move if yeah. i just stay really really still the world will just you froze mm. um so we didn't speak we did not speak for 40 minutes and um your poor dad had been left with these very loud, very excited. Italian. Uh, yeah, who, you know, wanted to have five courses of tea and, you know, make them eat. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so eventually somebody came and got us and was like, you know, come, come for dinner or, or whatever. Uh, so we went through and, oh, it was just weird, 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 intense and horrendously uncomfortable not because of the people or anything the situation is just one that I was never gonna feel comfortable no do you think maybe I was naive in that no I don't think it would ever feel like that yeah because meeting anyone new in that environment's not comfortable never mind people that you should know yeah and they were all looking at me well yeah you were like oh the the Scottish girls I know but it was weird because it was like they're quite um 
open about their thoughts and comment you know they'll, they'll quite yeah. they'll, they'll say things like oh you don't suit your hair like that change it or that color doesn't suit you you should put something else on you know and that well they're very blunt <laughs> point. yeah <laughs> you don't eat enough you eat too much oh <laughs> um can't win really no no so that whole um i think they were almost looking at me to see if they could see any genetic resemblance resemblance yeah. yeah apparently i've got um very large big toes which are uh, from that side of the family sure who knew nice uh so i uh, it was a bit blah, um but we stayed for the weekend and uh it got a wee bit easier and then we came home and then you guys came down and we spent two weeks there in the summer and yeah that was the beginning of it and it's really just been a, a quite considerable up and down since then if I'm being honest what would you say the main challenges were other than just the general uncomfortableness and you know the fact that it didn't just immediately feel like you know dad would you say there was an expectation from people for you to you know call him dad feel like he was yes, your dad and yes. how did you manage that so that's a really good question um because I have never and I don't think I ever ever will call him dad to his face not because I'm purposely not doing it because I cannot make myself do it it just does not come naturally so I call him nono uh, because that's you guys were young so we just said oh where's nono what's nono doing whatever so that's why it's called finding nono but um because I had looked for him and put in that energy and effort I think the expectation from that side of the family was that I would keep going with that energy and effort and why would I not embrace just accept everything as it was and just totally embrace things uh, and go with the flow don't know if that's just not in my personality or if anybody would have acted the same but I I didn't like that I didn't feel comfortable with that Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things like you know he was trying to be paternal with me in, in different ways, you know, giving me advice or telling me what to do. But bearing in mind, I was a 31-year-old mother to myself, so I didn't course, take kindly yeah. to somebody who had decided he didn't want to be my dad trying to be my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I think the other members of the family didn't understand my resistance and possibly still don't understand my resistance to, that, to all of that as well, so... But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so what would you say it's like now? What's your relationship with your dad like now? Um, it's fine. Um, <laughs> fine. Not probably. No, I don't I didn't want to... Uh, he, he is a lovely man. You know, he... Right, maybe that's not the right way to describe him. He's not a bad no, man. No, he's not a bad At all. At all. He cares deeply. Really, really He's deeply. very emotional, though, in a very oddly intense way. <laughs> Do you not agree? Yes. And you're very not that. I mean, you'll cry at everything, like film-wise, but you're not open, very sensitive or, you know, open and emotional, really, are you? No, I don't. Neither of us are, so. really. No. Mine's about to cry twice already in yeah. the last 42 minutes. But, uh, but Yeah, but, you know, we aren't at all, eh? Um, well, what I mean is the fact that... I don't know if it's just because when you are raised no I don't think it is because I know many people that aren't like their parents right but me and you 
from a very young age have been very like from my very young age have been very similar mm -hmm. uh, me and dad have loads of similarities mm -hmm. also very similar and same vice versa with Brody and yeah, you two yeah. so we're so similar that I think that the fact that you and Nono really aren't similar maybe is part of why you know you, you aren't actually friends are you like you no. don't have a relationship beyond the he is technically my dad I, I and I wouldn't even describe him as that and I think that I so I had to write a letter um to my aunts who don't speak English and I had one of the American cousins translate it into Italian for me and I had to explain to them that sorry to be blunt about it but just being a sperm donor doesn't actually make somebody your dad mm -hmm. um, and you can't force these things so I think we had we had this this challenging story to deal with we had the age difference uh, or we're from different generations that's always challenging we've got different cultures as in Scottish and Sicilian are hugely different cultures and we had the language barrier as well so he does speak English and for them you know his wife speaks English and my brother and sister are in Sicily speak English as well but it's still broken or um, there is you know that barrier with language and um, so there's a lot that didn't play in our favour no. that might not have been the case had he been a Scottish man or a, you know a, a British mm -hmm. man or something uh, and we had the distance so and you can't fly direct to Sicily very no, easily I don't think they were ever really that keen on coming over to Scotland that often either it was kind no. of a one-way it's interesting that you should say that because that was actually my biggest bugbear mm -hmm. and that's been the one thing that has caused the biggest rift is that the expectation was always on the four of us to taking two flights there two flights back to go down to Sicily all of the time when yep. there was much less willingness to come up I to think Scotland they've come once, once I think they've maybe been two or three times but we you know we were in Sicily five seven times in the first 18 24 months yeah so uh, there's a big difference in numbers yeah, just there, yeah. You know, and, and there was always a reason so couldn't come because of the children couldn't come because of the in-laws oh my god I couldn't come because I need to look after the chickens <laughs> and actually for me that was like well I you know I ha excuse the pun when I've just said chickens but that's where I came in the pecking order yeah, <laughs> after, yeah. the after, after the, the goddamn chickens, chickens. <laughs> <laughs> now again this is my side of the story this of will not be yeah. how anybody else uh, saw it no yeah. or feels it or or believes that it that it is there's a you know a lot in there um but yeah um I think any relationship for it to be a healthy relationship requires give and take oh, on both sides course. and if I'm being a little bit selfish I think maybe I should have got a little bit more than I had to give yeah, considering yeah. I yeah. you know what 31 I mean? years yeah think. I didn't you know I didn't do anything wrong for him to decide not to to come Could back yeah uh, and I did everything I did everything to, to find him. him you know all of that whole DNA testing and you know the, the hassle all that everything yeah I did everything so just coming up to see me would have been would have been nice bare minimum at least Aye. yeah um, so how do you view it in the future and what would your key takeaways be for any, I mean it's a very unique situation and I imagine every single person who's been through something like this would be completely different story. Yeah. But if you were to say something to anyone that maybe yeah. is listening that doesn't know if 
happening, a parent yeah. or any family member, or someone that is going through the period just after finding someone? Yeah. No, I think that's a really good question. And um, so a few things, if anybody listening is in a similar situation um, to the one that I found myself in, if you are looking for a, a, an absent parent, and it doesn't ever go away. That f- wondering, wandering feeling in the pit of your stomach doesn't ever go away. Now, it is never going to go away. So the first thing I would say is start searching and keep searching until you find something. But know that it might take a long time. So for me, it was 16 years and it might be in um, fits and starts. So you might make some progress and then you might withdraw. But just know it's not going to go away that need to know will not go away so you may as well deal with it what I would have liked for somebody to have said to me is okay so you're going to look what are you going to do if you find yeah because I mean you had never comprehended actually finding him just in the possibility of it no so I don't think you ever considered the conversation the meeting how the relationship would be what you even wanted from the relationship exactly because actually if I'm being honest all I wanted to know was who he was, and I probably wanted to ask him why. Yeah. Why did you think, being a Sicilian guy, it was a good thing to have a baby and then decide that you did, you have made the decision alone, that you did not want to be part of that child's life? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know the answer to that. Uh, side note is, still not don't have the answer. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or not a satisfactory one. I mean, could there ever be a satisfactory no, one? No, I don't nah, think I don't so. think it could. Yeah, you're right. So what I, w- what I would have liked, or what would have been useful, would have been, right, what do you do if you find? And what could the potential outcomes be? And how are you going to prepare yourself for dealing with them all? Mm-hmm. I would have probably be- dealt with it better if we'd found him and he'd turned around and said you know hi but you know something I've got a life I've got a family there's not really any room for you I would have that would have been more aligned with leaving in the first place what I did was an odd kind of it felt like he tried he asked so many questions he wanted you to come over come over come over come over he still is like that he messages you regularly he always wants to find out how we're doing I get messages from Nono and Liddy who's his wife all the time you know saying happy birthday etc so they do care but it's a the relationships aren't there, so it's kind no. of a weird kind of now in between that you know who he is, but you still don't have the relationship no. you should. It's just air a, it's just have with your a dad. man in yeah. who is part of my life. But he'll message me and he'll say things like, "Oh, say to Lara and Brody, you know their their nonos down here, and send send me a message. Sometimes I would really like a message to hear from my grandchildren. Tell them they can come down anytime. They you know yeah. they can spend summer with me, and I'm like." dude, you've not even tried to be their granddad. Like, yeah. why are they going to message you? They wouldn't even message their Scottish grandparents so that they, you know, they're not going to just randomly message you because you're not present. No, we don't even message Grumps. And, like, Grumps is, um, aforementioned Grumps, who walked mum down the aisle, is um, one of the few people in my life that I, for some reason, have such a deep you know emotional connection yeah with. i mean i cry oh my god she's gonna cry again she does cry anytime Grumps <laughs> is wrong he meant he phoned me today and left a message and he's like she's like why is he phoning you what, what why do you think he wants to speak to you about phone like, back yeah. <laughs> she actually had tears in her eyes so. um so yeah he is of course more of a granddad 
when you watch Danielle, he's been there my entire life. And mm. I thought, you know, he was my granddad. I never questioned that, same as you. I never questioned that the that who you thought was your dad was your dad. Yeah. I never questioned that um, Grumps wasn't until I was in primary two, three, and we met Nono. Yeah. Um, so sorry about that. I never thought about it. See, impact. That's another thing. That's another thing people should say is um, think about the impact of the outcome on other people other than yourself. Yeah, fair. But I don't think it really, really ever bothered or crossed my mind to be honest. And Brody was too young, so yeah, yeah I knew that. That wouldn't really impact me. Same. Back to the hard Lara. We have both <laughs> both parts. I have no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that he was never really no no was never really a granddad figure and it it wouldn't really we don't have that relationship i often do think that it would be nice for you know sicily holiday though every now and then but other than that it's just a bitch getting there eh? it's not worth it yeah and the mosquitoes oh my god yeah we get a lot a lot um interesting place palermo a and e on a saturday night (laughs) (laughs) they do not appreciate it if you go in as a scottish person and go I've got a hundred mosquito bites on my legs. Help me, I'm itching. Help me. <laughs> we have very serious things happening here and you're here for your mosquito bites. Better Italian. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's my story. Is that, do you have we covered everything? Yeah, we have covered everything. I feel like it was maybe a little bit sporadic, but I'm sure people have got the general gist of the story. Yeah. Because we did go. Did we? Back and forth a little bit. But um, it's a nice one to start the season off yeah, I suppose yeah. and I think everything else that's coming up I mean a few of the episodes have got um some really inspirational guests that will be a bit more personal slash professional life discussed about and then we've got another couple of personal ones too mm-hmm. but I thought why not start the season with a very personal one from one of the founders yeah um and if anyone listening finds himself in a similar situation and they want to talk about it uh, personally and in confidence please feel free to get in touch. I would be delighted to help any way I can. My mum can be your Find My Dad book. <gasps> Find My Dad part two. Yes. <laughs> Is there any publishers out there? <laughs> well, we can self-publish now. Yeah, Yeah, you can write your own book. Mm. I don't know if anyone would read it, though. Oh, my God, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, on that note, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. If you have made it this far, well done. And not just because we talk so much rubbish. It's a it? podcast. I uh, know, but we still <laughs> talk so much rubbish. Uh, okay, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. And look forward to other episodes that are coming up. Bye. See you later. Welcome to Asking Eve, the regular podcast brought to you by Emily and Lara.